0: Welcome everybody, my name is William Renner and this is Meditation Daily.
1: I would have never dreamed what being alcohol free would have given me.
0: If you're new to the show, we are here to bring you mindfulness in daily life and to use that wisdom to envision a brighter future.
1: I can make different choices, I can be healthy.
0: On today's episode, I spoke with Janet White, a registered nurse, certified positive psychology coach, and author of Bliss Beyond the Buzz.
1: Look at your life and tell me, are you really living those values?
0: You might be thinking, Bliss Beyond the Buzz? Is that possible?
1: I think the biggest gift that I give is giving people the space to ask themselves the questions.
0: (laughs) Janet, thank you for being on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about your story and how you got into coaching and why sobriety is so important.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a everybody's journey is um, long and and complicated. I mean, I've got a story that uh, starts with like anybody else, uh, you know, growing up and and uh, ending up making some bad decisions. (laughs) And I ended up marrying a guy that was, um, he's very abusive. And unfortunately, I stayed way too long. I ended up spending 25 years. You know, I think it was kind of like the frog in the pot. I was young, I was 19. We were, you know, it was just a thing to do. And we were in love or lust or something. Uh, And then I realized shortly after that, things had gotten bad and I think my low self-esteem and some of the things I struggled with personally helped feed the codependency relationship and anyway long story short um, we I ended up leaving he had a gun to my head it was it was quite an abusive situation. So, I feel really lucky and grateful to be out of that. Uh, through it all, I uh, continued to try to find myself and after my mom died and uh, some other big events in my life, I was pushing towards my education. I got uh, a nursing degree and then I went back and got a master's degree and I was working in a healthcare career And I started asking myself, like, wow, how can I be all these horrible things he's saying that I am, and yet I'm managing all these people, and I'm advancing in my career. Um, So I was lucky enough to be able to make that break. And then the rest just became a, a matter of finding myself, because I honestly didn't know who and what I wanted in life. Um, alcohol came in right after I left the marriage as a comfort, and it was a coping mechanism. Um, after 21 years or 25 years of uh, that kind of negative talk and uh, emotional abuse, you're pretty beat up. Um, and making having that freedom to do whatever you want, you have to kind of figure out what the heck that is. Uh, and, and being able to release yourself into a couple glasses of wine at the end of the day after a stressful day was my um, escape mechanism. And so that's how I ended up somewhat uh, dependent, if you will, on alcohol. Now, I I'm not one of those who ever hit rock bottom or I never got a DUI, I was uh, had a stable career. You know, I find a lot of people who are overachievers <laughs> and have high stress jobs end up drinking a lot. Uh, so the that's how I ended there. And once I had been through this career and got to the level that I thought w- was supposed to make me happy and had the things, the letters after my name, I realized what am I doing? I am just on this treadmill of life and I'm just busy. I'm going, 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 working hard, working, working, drinking at night, stressed out, anxious, all the things. And when the pandemic hit is when I lost my job and I thought, wow, what's going on? So it was, um, it was taking that break from alcohol and it was even before the pandemic that I took the break that really gave me the clarity to figure out what it is I wanted to do. And coaching was a natural fit. In my healthcare career as a nurse, obviously caring about people and caring uh, for people, I had a, uh, most of my roles, the best part of my job was building teams and mentoring and coaching and getting people into the right place. And so it just kinda came as a really smooth transition, um, a way to share my passion, do something that I love. I have, I help people who are like me. They're not alcoholics or heavy drink. You know, they're they're just ready to take a break and find out what sobriety can give them, which includes so many benefits. So that's where I, that's how I got here.
0: Hmm. That um, so that the alcohol was more after you had exited that relationship. It was more became a, a, an issue after.
1: Yes. Not that I didn't drink some during the, during those years. Um, I drank in my teens before I got married and I drank, uh, but, but there were a lot of years during the marriage that I didn't drink. And even when I did, I guess maybe it's almost like you don't have, um, the freedom, if you will, to let yourself go into Mm -hmm. the alcohol because you've got to stay on top of things, and make sure that things don't escalate. So, mm. I guess when I left, it was like, "Woohoo, <laughs> freedom. freedom! Let's go." <laughs> mm.
0: I can relate to uh, a little bit what you're saying with the the, the my time frame for for quitting uh, drugs and alcohol was right before the pandemic as well, actually. And I found that for me, the pandemic was um, kind of a, I mean, as devastating as it was for so many people, for me, it was kind of a good opportunity because it allowed me to have the space where i didn't feel the the social pressure to go out and be uh drinking and you know in the party you know lifestyle so that that gave me the space that i needed to really um be be sober and start to appreciate you know what sobriety was
1: i i think we were we were some of the lucky ones because so many people used alcohol during the pandemic to cope and because i had like you said i had already quit you had already quit i used the time for self-discovery that's when Mm -hmm. i took my coaching courses that's when i read a bunch of self-development books that's when i started my business there's it gave us the space uh instead of just drinking from morning to night
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i also um really dug deeper into my meditation practice at that point and i you know i started meditating several hours a day actually and that the pandemic was really like the opportunity to solidify that practice and spend my time focused on learning about meditation and reading the history of meditation so um yeah i I mean god forbid another situation like that comes about but you know life is such that that these things do happen so i hope that people who are listening, um, you know, if, if there is another moment in time where we're faced to be inside for whatever reason, that you use those opportunities for, you know, looking inwards and in self-development. Maybe we can speak a bit about um, your time as a nurse and um, how that's informed your coaching
1: yeah, so I was a cardiac nurse. I, st- I, I went uh, straight into the step-down unit after I graduated nursing school, and I was only in the hospital for a couple years, um, but I then moved that into the practice, and so most of my nursing has been in the health health um, wellness arena, if you will. So cardiac being preventative and let's, you know, making sure that you are trying to live the healthier lifestyle that I think today our society so often just gives a pill or treats a symptom rather than looking at what's causing the problem. And I worked with a really good cardiologist for about seven years in his office, and we had, we really impacted a lot of people. I feel that we were able to, you know, affect not only their health, their cardiac issue that they were having, but hopefully put them on a road to um, a different lifestyle. Because, you know, we don't we don't want to talk about it, but the truth is, a lot of our um, diseases and ailments are lifestyle based. I mean, we are societies of convenience, take a pill, mm-hmm. uh, just get get fast food, just do what's easy, if it feels good, do it, just drink your alcohol and you know, eat your eat your bonbons or what, whatever you want to do. It's and we're and we're killing ourselves and we're making ourselves sick. And so having the nursing background and being seeing what um, alcohol and overeating and sugar consumption and all those things can do to your health has really pushed me towards um, wanting to live a healthier lifestyle.
0: Hmm. And so when you're coaching people, you're coaching not just about sobriety, but a healthy lifestyle in general?
1: Yes, so you know I feel like it's a it's an overall apo- approach, um, and I have a little mnemonic that I have used. It's called Pre Cans, and it basically is seven things that if you focus on these things and just kind of keep them in check, at least it works for me. Um, then it kind of keeps you on the healthy track, and so the the P in Pre Cans is purpose or passion. And, you know, sometimes I think this is the most difficult one to look at because we get so busy in life that we don't stop and think of what we really want. The pandemic was an excellent opportunity for a lot of us to say, do we want to go back to that commute, to that 60 hour a a week work? Do we, is that what we want in this life? It's, you know, maybe not. Maybe it is, but for me it was an opportunity to look at the passion and say I want to do something different I want to although nursing certainly helps people I just wanted to change the focus a bit um, the R is rest and recovery this is your specialty <laughs> I guess the The meditation and the restfulness this is something that we do terribly uh, here in America anyway maybe Canada's better but I, I know for me that's one of my hardest things you know we're rewarded uh, for getting to work early, for working the most hours, to, for having two jobs, for having our kids in 12 activities. Mm. The busier you are, the more, quote, successful you are, and it's very difficult for us to stop and rest. And rest is different than sleep. Rest is resting of the mind and taking that break from all the busyness inside. And that's tough. It's tough for me. I will never forget my first experience on the mat. I went to a yoga class at, a, at the YMCA, <laughs> and it was afterwards, you know, I did my yoga, and then she, she said we were going to do a, a meditation, and I, I guess it was probably five minutes, William, but I swear if you'd asked me, I would have thought it was an hour. It seemed so long. What am I doing laying here? Uh, flash forward now, I can't imagine not taking time to stop and spend some time in in meditation and thought and um, journaling and all the other things added so long time on the r e is for exercise we've got to move our bodies we sit way too much our jobs uh, we're playing games we're on the computer we're do we've got to move exercise is key connection boy the c is connection we saw how in the pandemic, not being able to hug, not being able to get together, it impacts us seriously. Uh, We developed some great online communities and did some things, but connection with your family, with your friends, uh, with others that are like-minded. The A, of course, is Mm alcohol-free. And then the N is nutrition. Um, and I'm not a specific, even though I, my nursing background in the cardiac, we had sp- specific diets. I'm not into one way or another. I'm not gonna argue keto or paleo or whatever, but I, I, I'm a firm believer of clean eating, which if it's got more than five ingredients, if it's filled with chemicals, it can't be good for us. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's what I, I suggest. And then finally, the S um, is sleep. And we again another underrated. If we don't sleep well, we are our bodies are not and our brains are not given the time and the recovery. And with alcohol, not to pick on it again, but the truth is, one glass can interrupt your sleep pattern. One one glass of wine, you will not get the same quality of sleep. So um, I say, if you look at those things, those seven things, and figure out where you are with them. And just, you know, some days you're gonna be not good on one and better on another. I mean, it, that's the journey, but just having that in front of you and keeping your focus on the healthy life, uh, it, it's it's been helpful for me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, those are those are wonderful lists. Um, the meditation part, I, I feel like it's important to find space for for rest and meditation, of course, but also the, the moments that we have, there's so many moments in our life like I'm thinking about standing in line at the grocery store where they could be restful, but they're often not, you know, like we, we take those times and we're, we're thinking about the next thing that we have to do. But if we can use more of those moments that are already, they, they could be spaces for rest, like micro moments within our life. I think that could also just make an overall restful way of living, you know
1: that that's a great idea and and i mean i think it's difficult in our society i was thinking when you were even saying that i had done a little thing on my sober sunday about um you know the spam calls do you guys get those up there
0: oh of course yeah
1: <laughs> i said if every time you got a potential spam or a spam call you stopped and did 30 seconds of <laughs> of a, of a kind moment or a thoughtful moment or something how, boy think about just something that simple Uh, to trigger, something to trigger us to stop and take a break, to to stop and breathe. And you know the other thing that I realized as far, maybe we don't count it as meditation or mindfulness, but it's getting in the zone, and when I tell you what I mean, you, you'll say you you know, but so, doing something that you love, whether it's something creative, uh, painting or drawing, a jigsaw puzzle sometimes, uh, just, you know, reading. Anything that you do that just takes your mind away from the busyness and the to-do list and the have-tos and the shoulda, woulda, couldas, um, getting in that zone can be a piece of mindfulness, and in, in, uh, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. The um, the idea about the spam calls too. I think when when we get these kinds of when those kinds of moments occur, we tend to generate like anger and hatred towards them as well, and stress. And I think your idea is great. Like if you can use that moment as like make it a practice where you're actually compassionate towards the person who feels they need to make the spam call towards you in order to earn a living or whatever, you know, like they're obviously not in as good of a place as you if they need to be doing that kind of activity. So like rather than generating hatred in those moments, which is a burden on our mental health to, to be more compassionate. Um, with your coaching process, maybe you can speak a little bit about um, what that is. You, you just mentioned sober Sundays. What's what's a sober Sunday?
1: so I I do a I have a Facebook page um, and so every Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time I come on and do a little live a little Facebook live it's called sober Sunday and we talk about different things sometimes we talk about exercise sometimes we talk about gratitude sometimes we talk about you know the wine witch who's you know the little witch in your mind saying have a glass just come on one more you know we talk about all kinds of different things so every Sunday I do that um, But, you know, I think the coaching process has been so nice because every person who comes, uh, I just feel such an honor to be a part of their journey because they, you know, most of us don't take time to even hire a coach or to even spend some time just having the space. I think the biggest gift that I give is giving people the space to ask themselves the questions. what what is important to me? What do I want to do with this one wild and precious life, as Mary Oliver says? what What is it that I that I value? What, you know, am I healthy? Am I? You know, we say these things. That yes, if I ask you what you wanted to do and what's most important to you, well, I want to love. I want to be loved. I want to be healthy. I want to live an honest life. You'd say all these things. But look at your life and tell me, are you really living those values? So if you're not doing I said, oh, yeah, I want to be healthy. That's so important to me. But I was working 60 plus, drinking two or three glasses of wine every single night, maybe more on the weekends, not exercising consistently, ordering the pizza because I was too tired to after I had my wine or couldn't drive to the store. <laughs> so was I really living that health value? No. Um, So I think when the coaching people come, I get the opportunity to ask them the questions and then they come up with the answer and it's just that space, it's that permission. I had one client, she's one of my faves, she was 75 years old and she came and she, you know, bought a few sessions and we went through and at the end I said, you know, we'll What did you think? How did you? She said, "You know, Janet, you gave me permission to do the things I love." It wasn't me, but that's what her takeaway was. So, I mean, what a, I mean, what a great job!
0: (laughs) That's wonderful. I think um, the the neat thing about doing something like coaching is when you're in service of of others in a domain that you're also working on yourself. Like with with me with meditation, I'm trying to make content around meditation for, other, for others, of course, but also because it makes the meditation the center of my life. So it really anchors me. So I think that that's, um, you know, if, you're, if anybody who's listening is trying to overcome something difficult, if you can anchor yourself around that and make it and try to help others with that, um, it's a great way of, you know, helping yourself as well.
1: I think you're you're you hit the nail on the head, and a lot of us don't want to admit that, but if you you watch back my sober Sundays, nine times out of 10, the topic, something that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've done research and I've journaled on and I've tackled this week and things I've learned. And so at first it was almost like, oh, I can't share my struggles because oh, I'm the coach and I can't let people right. see my weaknesses. But I think actually it's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I think people relate because I'm just straight up me. And some days I'm on there saying, oh, I've had a rough week. Oh, the wine witch came to see me even after four years. So I'm sharing my struggles because I'm human and because it's real. Um, And I think, you know, I'm not the flashy uh, social media queen who has all the, you know, money invested in her portfolio and all that I'm just I come on every week and just kind of share my soul and I think some you know it attracts people some people it it attracts the right people it attracts the people because you know we're not all meant for everybody right and Mm -hmm. my story won't resonate with everybody out there but there'll be a few and the people that it does that's the people I'm looking for
0: 100 percent um, maybe we could speak a bit about the the benefits of sobriety. I saw on your website, you have some listed. Um, I know from my own experience that I've been experiencing a lot of benefits from my shift to sobriety, especially marijuana. For me, I didn't realize, I thought as an artist that, uh, marijuana was important to, uh, my creative process. But once I quit, I realized how much more productive I could be and, uh, uh, some sometimes the things that the advantages are kind of invisible while while you're in it you don't realize what the advantages are so what kind of advantages are there um around sobriety that you've found
1: oh, you couldn't ask me a better question i can, i get super excited about this so you know when i was when i was drinking and um i was just in the thick of it i said you know, I did. I was fine. You know, I got up every morning and went to work. I was productive. I took. I did classes. I had my kids. I, I mean, so, you know, what would you? I wouldn't have. I would have never dreamed what um, being alcohol free would have given me. So when I took the break, I started noticing that. Oh my gosh, I don't feel tired in the mornings anymore. You know, there was just this chronic level of fatigue. It wasn't hungover or anything. It was just this chronic level of fatigue. I thought it was because I was getting older. I had no idea. Even as a nurse, I guess maybe I was in denial, but I had no idea. I didn't put it to the alcohol. I slept better. every. I used to wake up at 3 a.m. with the palpitations, dehydrated. That's what happens when you drink. When you drink, you feel relaxed. You feel great. You go right to sleep, but then as the chemicals leave your body, new chemicals come in to detox you and those chemicals wake you up make you dehydrated all the things uh, your skin gets better people would to saying gosh have you done something what what have you done it was it was just my skin was brighter and my eyes are brighter just those small changes okay I'm going to say it you ready for this one diarrhea I mean <laughs> I don't have diarrhea I used to have diarrhea all the time when I was drinking I mean it does things to your gut there's you can drive. You can drive anytime, anywhere you want to go. If you think about how limiting if you come home and have a couple glasses of wine every night, you can't go out on the road. I mean you shouldn't anyway. You're stuck. And yeah, you're stuck. And so there you are. And think I think about all the times I was so busy in my mind trying to figure out who was gonna take me home, how I was gonna get there, how I was gonna working out all those things with the alcohol. And I want to talk about, just for a minute, the cancer link. Now, I had cancer in 2011, and it was anal cancer. Um, it's kind of a rare cancer, but thinking about back about it, a lot of it was based on stress. And I don't have any doubt of probably why I got it, living in that chronic stress for so long. But um, I'm healthy, it's been 11 years now, all is well. But the link to cancer and alcohol is huge, especially breast cancer, but all forms of cancer. I mean, the the alcohol, the sugar in alcohol feeds cancer cells. I mean, you you know, you can do the research and look, but it's just why are we doing this to ourselves and not even realizing that it is a drug? I think we as society, you talked about marijuana. Well, now we're coming back and you know, legalizing it. But I tell you, alcohol's to me, probably more toxic, <laughs> at least at, at the levels of most of us are drinking mm-hmm. um, than even having some cannabis, you know? So um, the other benefits are a lower heart rate. You know, I, my resting heart rate was in the 80s when I was drinking. And it's now in the 50s. Your ability to metabolize wow. reduces. I mean, people say, Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on this diet, I'm gonna lose weight. If you're drinking, if you're drinking every day, good luck. I mean, it's hard because the body slows down, the metabolism slows down. I mean, there are just so many benefits that we probably don't even realize. Um, I just saw a podcast um, about alcohol in the brain by this science guy, and he blew me away. Some of the technical terms and nerdy things, he talked about the way alcohol impacts our neuro pathways It's just, it's frightening, actually. It really is. So I could go all day, William, <laughs> about <laughs> the benefits of not drinking. But the last one I want to say is that, for me at least, when i got it out of the way and i'm not going to act like it was easy i'm not going to say oh just put it down it's nothing it's hard society pushes alcohol you know our friends and family don't understand why we want to completely mm-hmm. quit it's it's a difficult thing to do so i'm not and then if you're using alcohol like i was to medicate uh, or cope with grief PSTD all the things that you know anxiety all the things in our lives it's tough when you get it out of your life because those emotions come flooding in but you learn to deal with them and you learn to take it as it comes and things get so much better and you know for me it was the opportunity to actually look at myself and say wow if I can do this what else can I do Hey, maybe I can write a book. Maybe I can become a coach. Maybe I can live my passion. Maybe I can do all kinds of things. So it was, it was a confidence builder. It was an energy boost. It was all kinds of things for me. And that's why I'm so passionate about give it a try. I just, I feel like people, if you don't think you're drinking too much, fine. Well, then it won't hurt to stop for 30 days, will it? I mean, just see if you feel better. So 100%.
0: Um, it's difficult though. It's, it's really difficult to stop, especially with the pressure. I mean, I think it's almost mostly the pressure of society. Like what do you do when you don't drink? All of our social functions are centered around drinking going at, if you don't go to the bars when you're in your twenties, what are you going to do? You know? So do you have any advice for people on perhaps how, how they can replace drinking? Like, does it need to be replaced with something else or, um, like how, how does one cope with those social pressures?
1: So I think, you know, you're right about in the 20s and even in the 30s, but even my age, I mean, there's a lot of social pressure to drink. Mm-hmm. You go to a football game, you got to have a beer. You go to the fancy restaurant, you got to have wine. And, and that's what people do. Hey, let's get together for a drink. So i got a couple of things that I think really help. So nowadays we're lucky we're not the pioneers we're not i'm not the first one who you're not the first one who quit Mm -hmm. drinking and found a better way (laughs) and is out there taunting the um, sober lifestyle there's a lot of af drinks so alcohol free i mean heineken came out with the zero zero i think there's a whole uh, brewing company up in Mm -hmm. canada that has all these different flavors Uh, there's spirits the gin there's i mean and you know i'm not saying that that's you just go from one to the other but at the beginning especially if you're Mm -hmm. struggling socially more and more people are making that choice they got the af beer i'm on the boat a lot of times i'll do it in a social setting it's not something i do every day and let's face it you're not going to drink 12 af beers because it's not going to give you the effect (laughs) you might have one or two Mm -hmm. Um, but you you have your beer in your hand and you are with everyone else Honestly, you put your koozie on, they don't know whether you're drinking or not. And that takes some of the questions pressure. I think our goal, a lot of us who are sober and have lived the life, we don't care if you drink. That's fine. We just don't want to be pushed and questioned if we don't. We want it to be a normal choice. To be sober. We want people to be able to be social and accepted. And we're all in this together. It doesn't matter if you want to drink, that's fine. And a lot of people don't have a problem with it. They take it one, once in a while. That's that's their business. But, you know, we tend to push alcohol on people. I remember thinking when I said I'm going to completely quit, even my, my family was like, why would you completely quit? I mean, just cut back. Mm-hmm. And I said, can you imagine any other drug? Oh, oh, just do one line a week. I mean, right. come on. You you do you don't have to take that cocaine. <laughs> so, yeah, but society's changing and I think and we're a part of it. So, um,
0: I agree. The the uh the non-alcoholic beer has gotten really really excellent over the past 5 years even. Like you can find some wonderful like microbrewery non-alcoholic Beer—it's—it uh, does make it a lot easier in those social situations, for sure. Yes. Okay. Um, With—I know that a lot of people um, will turn to drugs and alcohol because of like anxiety and that and these kinds of feelings to needing to belong or they're not sure what to say or how to behave in social situations. And alcohol and drugs can really feel like they're loosening loosening you up. But I've found personally that um, my anxiety is. Radically reduced since cutting out uh, drugs and alcohol. Again, I think marijuana was a big part of that. But um, you know, we feel like we we might feel like we need to over we might need the drugs and alcohol to overcome something. Whereas if we remove it, we might find that it's overcome kind of on its own. You know,
1: it's very true about the anxiety. So the anxiety is that you uh, what happens is the stress chemical. Um, it it reduces your it it reduces your ability to handle stress and anxiety when you don't drink, which pushes you to drink more. So it's really kind of a vicious cycle. Um, but we do tend to use alcohol for anxiety, and yet it produces it. So it's kind of it's kind of ironic, isn't it?
0: <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't realize there was like a chemical link there.
1: Yeah, that I, that podcast I watched, again, it, it was, uh, and I, you know, I've done a lot of study on alcohol, um, because that was the first thing that I thought, well, I'm going to be super anxious, because I it relaxes me, it calms me down. But what I found is that it's the reverse. It does temporarily seem that it, it you know, it inhibits your senses, but the rebound is actually worse. mm
0: mm-hmm. I'd love to to switch now and hear a bit about your book cuz I I started reading it and it's a really really excellent uh read from what I see that it's really beautifully written and um maybe you can speak a little bit about uh, about your book and why you decided to write a book and and what is it
1: Okay, well, my book, it's a little backwards there, but it's um Bliss Beyond the bu- Finding Bliss Beyond the Buzz. And I it's it's kind of um It's kind of a well. It began began as my life story, and I had kind of just thrown the whole book in there, and it was it was just too raw, and it was just too much, and I decided I didn't want the the world to see that. So, through several edits and several edits, I decided what I really want to do is I want to share the bliss that I have found since I gave up the buzz (laughs) so that's kind of my title of my business my coaching program and my book Um, but what happens is the book walks through my life kind of a generic version or a a small version of my life story talks about my losses the cancer it walks through um, my abusive marriage and how I got out my journey with alcohol and then towards the end it talks about how if you are struggling with alcohol what you can do to it's got all kinds of tips and tricks it goes over the pre cans that we talked about earlier in detail about how to measure them and how to what kind of things you could include in there when you look at them Um, and there's a big portion of it that kind of talks about it's okay to be you and to be imperfect because I think that's one of the big things that I learned was that I'm never going to be perfect, and we've we are who we are based on all of our experiences. But learning to accept ourselves, and tell ourselves a different message. So you know we kind of grow up hearing things and taking on beliefs um, that we live with most of our lives. And until we challenge those beliefs, then we're ne- we're never going to be able to change them. So, you know, my whole family was kind of overweight. I thought I got, you know, I'm gonna be overweight. I got the gene, it is what it is. And it wasn't until I actually challenged that, that I was able to see, no, I can make different choices. I can be healthy. Um, And so I think that's one of the first, that's also part of this book is accepting yourself and learning to make decisions for yourself self-care is not
0: selfish. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, well, Janet, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, if people want to get a hold of you and find out about your coaching practice, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: So if you can remember Bliss Beyond the Buzz, you can pretty much find me. I, my email is info at Bliss Beyond the Buzz. My Facebook is Bliss Beyond the Buzz. Instagram, Bliss Beyond the Buzz. And my book, uh, my website, Bliss Beyond the Buzz. So, That's pretty much it. If you can think about bliss beyond the buzz, you can find me.
0: Hey guys, thank you for being here. If you're interested in more content like this, we have all kinds of new stuff coming out around mindfulness and meditation. So be sure to hit the subscribe button. Can life always be better without alcohol?